don't follow your own understanding and methods and means and lifestyle to attain what you want. Rather, follow my ways, follow my yoke, and live the lifestyle that I lived and demonstrated to you, and that's when you attain true life, true joy, true peace. Welcome to the Wrestling With Faith podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Tolliver. Join me as we go on a search for deeper faith and deeper community. Hey there, it's Hannah. Welcome back to Wrestling With Faith, Season 2, Episode 2. Today, we embark on the journey of spiritual formation by beginning with the end in mind as we explore both the invitation and promises of Jesus. So grab a Bible and a notebook as we dive in together. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All right, here we go. Welcome back to episode two Yay! of season two What's of up? Wrestling with Faith. How are you guys doing this week? Good. 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 I feel like <laughs> busy, 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 but that goes without saying, right? It's always busy, but good. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's always fun when you're busy with, with mainly exciting things. Yeah. That, that's the season that I feel like we've been in. So yeah. lots of good things happening. Mm-hmm. We're, we're doing well. I was talking to somebody today that I feel like ministry life is always kind of busy. So, And he was asking me how I was doing, and he's another minister. And he, and he was like, I'm busy. And I was like, oh, I'm busy. And we both decided we need to stop saying that we're busy because ministry life is busy anyway. So if yeah. we say we're busy, maybe we're saying even more busy. Than yep. I was like, you know, I was just... It's normal. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just life. Like, that's not life. even yeah. just ministers. Who just, yeah, totally. it's true. Yeah, that's very busy? true. No, this week was a good week for me. I, I enjoyed the reading plan that we had. I had a great time, a lot of good prayer time. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was, it's uh, definitely kicking off this new series has inspired me to get into these gospels. I'm looking forward to that. But that's awesome. Yeah, last week we discussed uh, Christian spiritual formation being God's intention for our lives, restoring us back into the image and the likeness of Christ. Yeah. We also discussed the role of spiritual disciplines, ways in which we partner with God to make the transformation possible, right? So the yeah. difference between formation and discipline and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it was great. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to our intro episode, but we are going to be moving forward. So is there anything you guys want to add before we moving on? Before we move on today's topic? Yeah, I think before we move on, it's important that you said that this is Christian spiritual formation. And you mentioned in the last podcast that uh, we're always being formed into something and that we were participating in spiritual formation before we even knew that we were being right. um, spiritual yeah. or being transformed. And I think yeah. it's really important for us to um, distinguish that we're talking about Christian spiritual formation, which is why we're reading through the Gospels. People have asked me recently, like, hey, like, why are we reading the Gospels as we talk about 
spiritual formation. And the whole reason that we're doing that is that we're looking at the life of Christ because that's what God is trying to restore us to become, right? To be Christ-like. And um, we're looking at the lifestyles and the disciplines in which he engaged in and how we can then apply that in our own lives. So I think it's just important that we emphasize that, that there is this partnership going on between the gospels and spiritual formation. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to add that I that we forgot to mention in the first episode is that we're having a lot of fun guests. Yeah, we are. Yeah, so we're having. Yeah, we're still waiting on a confirmation from maybe one, but I think it's safe to say. So we're having Robert Gadillo on. We're having Angela Hooper, Beth Pachta, um, Jake Ostrowski, um, Christian Ray Flores. So uh, some pretty uh, some heavy hitters coming up. So we're really really excited <laughs> to explore. This is uh, some deep water. So we definitely wanted to get some more mature voices on this this particular topic. But yeah, I just think it just makes me even that much more excited to dive into mm-hmm. these topics and mm. spiritual For formation. Sure. Yeah. And just to add on to what you were saying before we move on, I think it's great that we're reading the Gospels. So I just wanted to reaffirm that. Yeah. Uh, you can never become too mature to learn directly from the source of spiritual formation, the man who invented spiritual disciplines. You know Jesus. what I mean? Like, yep. we need to learn from Jesus. And we never become, you know, too lofty in our ideas yeah. to not learn from the simple teachings of the Gospels. Absolutely. So just wanted to add on to that. Yeah, absolutely. Freedom. And it has been refreshing just getting back into the Gospels and making it all about Jesus. I, I love that you said that. Yeah. So what's on the docket for today? What are we yeah, doing? so we're going to be talking about a few things, actually. Um, Ruth Haley Barton in Sacred Rhythms, it was one of the books that we recommended in our last podcast, begins her book with the concept of desire. And she made a really interesting point. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus is known for asking the question, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. When people are following him, he just simply asks, well, what do you want? Or what do you want me to do for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at first glance, it kind of makes Jesus sound like a jerk. Like, what do you want? But right. that's just so not the tone that he's using. <laughs> Instead, when you think about the question that he's asking, it's, it's incredibly profound because it gets his followers to answer that question honestly. Yes, yes. What do I want from Jesus? Do I just want a social club? Do I just want friendships out of it? Or do I want a deeply fulfilled spiritual life hmm. and really apprentice and follow Jesus? The, hmm. Ultimately, the ultimate source, as you put it earlier. And so what I wanted to do was take a moment to, to talk about the importance of desire in our spiritual formation. And I thought I'd do that by reading a quote um, from the book, Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton. Um, she says this, when we pay attention to our longing and allow questions about our longing or desire to strip away the outer layers of self-definition, we are tapping into the deepest dynamic of the spiritual life. The stirring of the spiritual desire indicates that God's spirit is already at work within us, drawing us to himself. Hmm. We love because he loved us first. We long for God because he first longed for us. And, And essentially what she's trying to get at here, at least from what I understand, is that when we tap into our desire, what we want, when we answer Jesus's question, what do you want? It helps us to recognize that God is stirring something inside of us that we deeply want. We don't often want shallow things, even though that may be the the initial way that we answer the question. But when we dive into what's at the heart of the desire that I have, that's where we find our deep spiritual longing and how God is already initiating the work in us. Wow, I love that quote. Ruth Haley Barton, she's certainly just prodigious in the way that she words just God's desire for us. It's great that you brought up the point that Jesus asks that question, what do you want? 
so often throughout the gospels. And I used to look at that and think like, why would he ask that when like, obviously Jesus is all knowing, right? Mm -hmm. Like Jesus could have answered that for every person that he encountered. Like, I know what you need. Um, but, but there was something so profound about us having to own what we want from Jesus, um, rather than him just making assumptions or him deciding for us what we needed from him. And I think that that's a really important part of our spiritual journey is that we take the ownership of saying, this is what I need out of Jesus. Mm. This is what I want out of my walk with him rather than him just telling us directly what it is Mm. that we need, you know? Yep. Something profound that I found in Jesus's teachings this week as we were reading through the Gospel of Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of interesting. I, I I put on the audio Bible and I was reading along and listening along. And it was the King James Version. So it was like the new Ooh. King James Version. So it had a lot of verily I tell you, which was kind of funny <laughs> to me. But something profound that I saw, just to add on to what you were saying, Han, was that um, the, 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 the book, I think, really kicks off, and obviously in chapter five, right, or the Sermon on the Mount. And mm-hmm. he gives this huge magnum opus of what his ministry is going to be about. Yeah. But shortly after that, the following chapters are him just doing chores for people, essentially. Yeah. Like, I'm going to heal this person, then do this. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. all miracles, signs, and wonders to build our faith, of course. But he's working really hard to kind of fit, feed the needs of the people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so cool because then he, he clears it all up, I think, a little bit later on. And I know we're going to look at Matthew 11 today, but I just love that. He clears it all up. He's like, mm-hmm. what do you guys want? Because what I've come to bring is peace. What I've come to bring is an upside down kingdom. Yep. So I know you have a lot of ideas about what I've come. And I, you know, obviously I'm putting my own words into that, sure. but that's kind of what I was feeling is like yeah. that answering that question of what do you want is, I think, I'm glad you brought that up because to me, that's exactly what I was reading out of Matthew yeah. this week was yeah. asking myself, like, do I just want things from Jesus that he can give me or do I want Jesus? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you're tapping into something that's really important, I think, when, when it comes to spiritual formation. I mean, anytime we begin a project or a workout program or a new job or new skill or whatever, our motivation obviously matters a ton. Right. And our relationship with God and our spiritual formation are no exceptions. Yeah. So we see biblical authors like Paul say things like Christ's love compels us. And he has like this pure motivation. He's just so infatuated and in love with God. And that's really what drives him. I don't know about you guys, but if I'm honest, like that's not what drove me to have a relationship with God Hmm. at first. Like Hmm. it wasn't, man, I'm just immediately in love with Jesus. And I just want him because I want Jesus like that. That's just not where I was at. And now over time, after becoming a Christian, it became easier to make it about that, to make it about God's love for me and my love for him. But even now, a few years into the faith, I I still wrestle at times with my motivation being God's love for me. It's just, it's difficult to always make sure that my motives are pure. Mm. And I think Jesus knew that we would wrestle with this. (laughs) And and what I'm hoping to do today is explore and highlight the times where Jesus would invite his followers to follow him and how it often came with pretty epic promises. And my hope is to see that Jesus isn't just inviting people into this really difficult and challenging life, although there will be sacrifices, but that there were so many epic promises that not only sounded appealing to his first century followers, but I think sound even more appealing now as 21st century followers. That's a great way to put that. Um, And I totally agree with you. Uh, You know, many years into the faith now, I think we're still, I I still, you know, struggle. Is it going to be about God's love for me? Yeah. And I think you're right. Jesus' followers were 
were attracted to the new community. It was mm-hmm. something brand new for them. It was, yep. this, I mean, this guy was healing the sick. He was feeding, he will, he was going to feed so many people at this, you know what yeah. I mean? There's yeah. so many things that he was doing. It must've been like incredible just being like electric being in that atmosphere. Mm. And, and Jesus is aware of the fact that it's, there's all these things that come along with following him that are exciting, mm-hmm. also challenging. Yep. But in the end, the one thing that will keep us through is do we want Jesus? Do we want God's love? Mm-hmm. Is that going to, is that going to form us? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't plan on doing this for every single episode, but today I do want to try something a little different for our scripture break. Um, as opposed to having one theme scripture, although Matthew 11 is kind of the main passage, I want to look at a few passages in a little bit more detail and look at exactly what Jesus promises us when we choose to follow him. So why don't we dive into a few passages here? Sweet. John 4, 13 and 14. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Matthew 16, verse 24 through 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sister or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. John 15, verse 11. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. All right. Feel free. I really want to encourage us to pause and go back if you need to, to listen to those verses or even pause the podcast altogether and just open up the scriptures and go mm-hmm. back and read those and let it soak in, meditate on those passages and really take to heart what Jesus is promising you. Mm-hmm. But I want to take a, a closer look here at the words that Jesus has in regards to his promise. In John 4, ultimately at the core of his message, what he's promising is fulfillment. John, wow. or Matthew chapter 16, what he's explaining here is is life. Like, yes, you're going to have to sacrifice, but when you lose your life, your current customs, your current way of living, you will find your true life. Or as he puts it in Amen. John 10, you'll experience life to the full. Um, Mark chapter 10, yes, you're going to sacrifice, but I promise you're going to receive a hundredfold of blessings as opposed to your sacrifice. John chapter 14, you're going to experience peace. John chapter 15, you're going to experience joy. And I got to be honest, this is the exact opposite of what I believed that my life would look like before becoming a Christian, if I were to choose to follow Jesus. To be honest, I, I actually thought if I became a Christian, that my life was going to suck and that <laughs> I, my life was going to be bland and boring. I wasn't going to be able to do what I want anymore. I couldn't listen to the songs that I wanted to listen to anymore, mm. or speak the way that I wanted to speak. And I'm like, man, who in the world would want that kind of lifestyle? But I want to make an appeal here. Think about this. Jesus is offering a meaningful and satisfied life, a blessed life, peace and joy. And isn't that 
exactly the life that we all want. When, when we lay it all out, we often have the same goal as Jesus. And I think it's important to start there that we and Jesus actually have a lot of common ground when we think about the outcome of our life. It's often the means in which we attain that life Mm -hmm. where things differ. And that's what Jesus is inviting us into. Don't follow your own understanding and methods and means and lifestyle to attain what you want. Rather, follow my ways, follow my yoke, right, as we're going to read in just a moment, and live the lifestyle that I lived and demonstrated to you, and that's when you attain true life, true joy, true peace. You know, yeah, Tacho, that's a that is a fresh perspective for me. Um, thinking about us and Jesus having this commonality of what our life is to be, um, even though the means kind of sometimes differ, yep. and it's very humbling because mm-hmm. I can sometimes look at scriptures like this where Jesus promises peace or joy, and I think like. Yeah, right, Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what's going to bring me peace and joy? Like a spa day. Or you know mm-hmm. what's like really... You know, and I think I can I can think I know best mm-hmm. on how to achieve those outcomes. And I'm proud and I'm arrogant. And I think it's not going to be my time spent in the Word or in prayer. It's going to be my time spent on the couch binging Netflix. It's going to mm-hmm. be the day that I get to sleep in really late. Like that's what's going to achieve for me the peace, the joy, the full life. And maybe temporarily it feels like rest, but it's not this true rest that Jesus is really offering. And so I just, I love that you say that because I think um, knowing that I really do desire the same things out of life that Jesus wants for me, helps it to feel like we're a partnership and a team rather than I'm like, Jesus, you really don't get it. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not a mom of two toddlers. (laughs) Um, You don't know what I need. And he really, he really does. He knows better than I do what I need. And if I'm humble enough to accept his way, I will get those, those things in, in life to the full. Humble enough to accept his way is a very high calling. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think about not just when I was thinking of becoming a disciple of Christ or wanting to become a Christian in that way. I, I actually think also now in my life is, is it's easy for me to become, we hinted at this last time and we've talked about this before, but kind of becoming like the cynical old, you know, crabby Mm -hmm. disciple who's like, oh, well, it was in my naivete that I followed Mm -hmm. Christ wholeheartedly before. And now I come with a more critical eye towards the way the church does things, or I come with a critical eye in in the way that I hear things. And I'm kind of doing my own way. And I've fallen into that before. I've fallen into that trap. And, And so then I don't really trust Jesus wholeheartedly. I don't trust him when he's like, carry your cross daily. What does that look like? Well, I'm going to come up with a 30 different ways I'd like to do that other than just the obvious way he was talking about. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I can loophole my way through Christianity mm. trying to, I, and in the end, if I was to really just be a hundred percent honest, I just don't trust Jesus when he says I've come to bring you peace. So are you all in? Yeah. And so instead of me saying, I'm not all in, I'm more like, kind of giving all the other answers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of what you said and, and being humble enough to really follow him. Uh, is is a it's a struggle of my own. Yeah. So, yeah, what do you guys feel? Same. I mean, answering personally, um, what are other ways that you feel like you look for peace? What what are the ways that you kind of take the reins back and, you know? Yeah. As as you were speaking, it, it really got me thinking introspectively because I have to be honest with myself. Like, is is what I'm doing actually? fulfilling the things that I look to for peace, for joy and whatever. And I think it's, it's in, 
it's really important that we have hobbies and things that yeah. do fulfill yeah. us. Like 100%. I don't think Jesus is opposed to that. I, I don't think, and I, and I hope this is clear. Like, don't have any hobbies, just read the Bible all day. Like, I just don't think that's the way God operates. God no. created the world with so much color and so much substance mm-hmm. for us to enjoy and appreciate. It's obviously when we misuse or abuse his creation that it becomes complicated and oftentimes sinful. So I just want to be clear on that, that it's important that we embrace God's creation and his initial way that he created it for our enjoyment, for his glory. That's a really important thing. But I do think like there are times when I just scroll on YouTube for like an hour. I'm just like, man, I just wasted an hour there watching dumb videos or on social media. I'm like, man, why did I just do that? Like I could have just sat and thought about a scripture or thought about um, something that is really, that God's really trying to get my attention in, in in life or any of those means. But I think it's just important to evaluate and to look at the ways and to look at the means in which we try to find fulfillment and really ask us, ask ourselves, are these things really fulfilling us? Are they really satisfying? Yeah, you know, as we've um, been reading the Sermon on the Mount this week in Matthew 6, Jesus talks about seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And he doesn't say seek only the kingdom and his righteousness. It's just the priority in which it falls. Hobbies are fantastic. Relationship, friendship, romance, career, those are fantastic things. I think our life needs all of those dimensions. But first and foremost is is God and the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that for me is something that constantly requires a, a mind shift. Um, mm. When I'm most weary, when I'm most burdened, what's the first thing that I yeah. go to? Not the only thing. I, I don't think, yeah, like you said, I don't think it's having no hobbies, but it. what's the first? Like, what's my first gut reaction? Is mm-hmm. it to turn on the TV or is it to open the Bible? Yep. <laughs> what's, what's the first thing that I want to run to? And often I feel like in my life, it's relationships, it's friendships, it's my children, it's my husband, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I want to just run to people to fix everything, you know, and Mm -hmm. to vent and blow off steam and meet all my needs. And instead of just, why don't I just run to Jesus first, you know, and, and not that people are bad or wrong. I, I hope that that that's clear, but, um, that Jesus often for me is not the first thing that I run to. And, um, I think I see that a lot in our generation that Jesus is a thing, but not the first. Oh, yeah. that's a great way to put that. Yep. You know, it's so funny. Literally today, I was with our daughter, Eden, and I got on my phone, and I think I was just scrolling, and I think she was coloring or she was doing something else much more profound than me, and <laughs> and she literally just came over and hugged me while I was, like, on my phone, and, like, it got my attention, and I put my phone down, and, like, she, like, made a fist and just put her fist on top of the phone, and I was just like, man, is this, like, God trying to teach me, like, okay, I be done with that and focus on things that are more important. I wish I learned my lesson the first time, but maybe a minute or two later, the exact same thing happened. She went off and played. I whipped out my phone again. She gave me a hug and put her fist on my phone again. I'm like, okay, the Lord, thus saith the Lord. Yeah, through verily I tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> verily I tell you. But that's so important. I, I think what we're talking about here is mindless and aimless acts that we think are going to lead us to fulfillment or joy, but really just have no point or if anything is more life sucking than life giving. Yeah. And, and I don't say that to say, I think a lot of the things that we pursue 
romance, deep relationship, career success, like vacation. A lot of the things that we pursue in this life are not evil. Um, But when we look to them for life to the full, they will disappoint us. And Jesus is the only well that never runs dry. Jesus Mm -hmm. is the only water that doesn't leave us thirsting again. And so it's important that he is first, just not only. Yeah. And I agree. We all, we run, especially I think me, I mean, I've, I've all throughout my life, I've not always run to the same thing, right? In the past I've, I've run to food, you know? I mean, just can't wait to, you know, like I just go to the fridge. I'm just generally yeah. looking for something. to. And it, it's not until months later I, I realized, man, I really gained weight and you know what I mean or whatever. And then and then you kind of realize I was really relying on food, right? Or, the, or you know, you, you run to a TV show that you just can't stop watching and it's nothing wrong with being passionate about TV. I feel like we keep double backing on ourselves going, there's nothing wrong with this. Just to let everyone know, all the listeners know, we love hobbies. Doing fun things. Jesus yeah. went on hikes. Port, he was a carpenter. Port, port. Yeah, I think he would be a wine enthusiast if he was alive mm-hmm. today. You know what I mean? Kind of idea. Or he is alive. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Right. Anyways, Jesus loved hobbies, right? But I think I know that I can run to all sorts of stuff and I don't run to Jesus. It's exactly what you just said, Hannah. But the hard part that I find is how do we do that? Like how do like the the phrase run to Jesus can start to sound like Christianese to me and it can just be kind of this very hard thing to do. How do we rest in that idea of rest in his presence and get some of that peace he's talking about. Yeah. Well, let's let's explore Matthew 11 together and see what he had to say on that. Okay, so in the opening reading of scripture, uh, Joshua read through Matthew 11 and he used the New International Version, um, you know, the whole, uh, come to me all who are weary and burdened, take my yoke upon you and you'll find rest. I want to look at a translation that I typically do not use for my personal Bible study. Um, so for you purists, uh, please stick with me. Um, we're going to look at the message version of the Ooh. word and uh, not because I think it's the most accurate translation from Greek to English, but because I think it captures the essence of what Jesus was trying to speak at. And I think it really Really does speak to our generation in an even more relevant manner. So, Joshua, could you read Matthew 11, 28 through 30 using the message version? Yeah, you got it. Here we go. Uh, in verse 28, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So Hannah and I have been leading the young professionals now for a couple of years, people in their 20s and early 30s. And I can't tell you the amount of conversations that I've had with people or even myself expressing to others how burnt out I feel, how stressed out I am, um, Christian cliches just really getting under my skin, the whole burnt out on religion, as this version put it. I, I look at this passage 
and it speaks to me in a number of ways, and we'll get into that in just a moment. Um, I think it is important for us to recognize that as we're diving into this, yes, there are people within the church that, that use this type of language, but to be entirely honest, I think this is a generational thing. I mean, the mental health epidemic, the amount of burnout, the amount of people that just feel stressed out all the time or the anxiety or, you know, there's so many, the list goes on and on and on. And to me, this version really speaks to not only my own heart, but I think to the heart of our generation. But before we dive into this in a little bit more detail, I just want to open it up to you guys. As you guys hear this particular translation of Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, what jumps out or stands out to you guys? As I read this, I think, you know, sometimes scriptures give us different like feelings. <laughs> um, sometimes scriptures make me feel a little scared or um, really comforted or different things. As I read this, I feel longing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like man, I want that. You know, it's, it's kind of like when you, when you're scrolling through Instagram and you see that maybe your friend has recently gone to Europe and went on a, (laughs) went on a a picture perfect vacation and you look at it and you're like, I want that. (laughs) I I I just want to preface that it took a lot of work to take all those photos on my I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, but I, I read this passage and I just think I want that. Mm. Like I, I feel that I feel the tired worn out burnt out on religion. And I, I want that. I want to mm. get away with Jesus. I want to recover my life. I want real rest. Mm. Um, teach me. How do <laughs> I, how do I have that? <laughs> mm. um, I, I actually don't think I've read this passage in the message. Mm. So this was, this was cool. I, um, I'm looking at it right now. And when it says in verse 28, it says, get away with me. Mm. And you'll recover your life. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's pretty profound to yep. me. Yep. I've never really heard it that way. Um, and it's it's ironic that Hannah's mentioning my wife and I's European vacation, uh, which I'm a photographer on the side. You know, I do that for fun. And, and you know, we have a little photography business. So, of course, you know, I, I took the opportunity on our European vacation to take lots of awesome social media photos to make our yeah. life look picture perfect. <laughs> Because that's what looks good for photography. You know, like, oh, wow, we want that. You know, let's hire them or whatever. So make sure to hit me up at uh, Joshua Tolliver. (laughs) No, no, no. Shameless plug. (laughs) But the irony, just the funny thing about what you're saying is like, uh, yeah, like, sure. Like our vacation looked picture perfect and things like that. And those photos were posed in a lot of ways and looked amazing. Just, but there's even the whole time I was on vacation, I was really just longing for just time with God, you know, and just Mm. time with just, I just wanted to be still and, and it was a great time. I mean, my wife and I had a blast, but I just love this idea of get away with me and you'll yes. recover your life. Yeah. Yes. I, I think I went for the get away, you know, uh-huh. like, like Southwest yep. want to get away, you know, yep. like I, I did the whole getaway, but, um, and I did, I did get some, uh, some amazing time with God, that's you know, great. and it was awesome. But I see this as just the only part that's really going to recover my life is getting away with Jesus, not mm-hmm. just the getaway part. Yes. And so I, I, it's ironic that you were saying that because I was feeling the same way. Like, man, I need to get away with Jesus. And it's, um, it's cool that we can, you know, I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but how do we, how do, we do that every day? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Absolutely. No, this is really great. There there are four pillars for me that that stand out to me in this passage and 
I thought we could talk through each and explore um, not only what Jesus is saying here, but the relevance to our life. So the first pillar that really stands out to me here is when Jesus says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. And I think oftentimes it's so easy to look to other things for real rest, as we were talking about earlier, where we look to things like Netflix, or I just need some more me time, or I just need a vacation. And what I really appreciate about Jesus is that he doesn't offer us these short-term solutions because he knows that if we look to things like vacation as the only means of rest, then we're going to find ourselves back in these situations every couple of months. So instead, he invites us into a new way of life. This Mm. is the way that we ought to live. And he tells us, this is the second thing that really stood out to me, walk with me and work with me. Mm. Learn and watch how I do it. I, I love that statement. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. It's Jesus's example. And this is why it's so important that we get in the gospels and, mm. and not just kind of casually read through them, but really look, man, how did Jesus live his life in a way that brought about fulfillment, in a way that brought about true rest and joy and peace? And as Josh said at the end, keep company with me. It's all about a relationship. How do we walk with Jesus? How do we learn from him? But how do we embrace the yoke that he's giving us in order to live the lifestyle that he lived? And it's only then that we experience the true peace, joy, and rest that he offers us. Hmm. So the goal is the peace that Jesus offers. In order to do that, we have to keep company with him. Absolutely. Practically speaking, day-to-day life, teach me some simple ways to keep company with Christ. Yeah, and this is really what the entire point of this episode is, right? We're titling it Beginning with the End in Mind. We talked earlier about we and Jesus having very similar goals for the end of our life, right? The outcomes of our life. It's often the means that differ. So what Jesus is inviting us to is to embrace his lifestyle, things like the spiritual disciplines, which is what this entire series is about, things like solitude, things like meditation and prayer and silence and Mm. Sabbath, really embracing these practices, not just every six months or when we feel like it, but creating our lifestyles in Mm. such a way that that follow the example of Jesus. Yeah, I think... Man, this this feels like it's opening up a door for me and just a new way to think about it because I feel like I like and you know this about me, but just to let our listeners know, I think my emotional health is very cyclical, like you were saying. I just need a vacation, but then two months later we're kind of at the same spot. And for years now, I've always felt that about myself. Like, you know, I go in and out of seasons where I feel super content supercharged. Awesome. I'm killing it. Mm. And then I'm like back in the valley and I'm like, what is my life? This is the worst, you know? And, <laughs> and, yeah. and so I just, I think that when I've embarked before on a journey to go, okay, well, I'm just, I'm going to be, I'm going to be better at this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be better at reading. I'm going to be better at praying. I'm going to be doing, you know, even trying down these spiritual disciplines. I really want to flesh out the way that I worship God. I really want to mm-hmm. flesh out the Sabbath and things like that and try to get a rhythm. I don't know if I've really held true to the idea that like this is because I need to make a life that revolves around the real rest he's talking about in this passage. Yeah. And 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 maybe my but my goal is maybe to just be better 
to just get rid of the stress and things like that, but not the goal to like, I need the peace. And so because that wasn't my goal necessarily, I'm not saying I wasn't trying to do like, I was trying to do my best, but I don't know if I really had a clear like end zone in mind. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, like that is the goalpost I'm aiming for is, yep. is Matthew 11, the peace that he offers, the real rest. And so because that wasn't necessarily my end game, I didn't follow these steps. Like eventually I teeter back out and I have my own rhythms that aren't revolving around the idea of walking and working and keeping company with him. Other things, like you yeah. said, start to take the mantle of what I feel like gives me rest. My hobbies, my passions, those are the things I run to for fulfillment. It's very similar, I think, to our, our whole generation. We look for other things to find fulfillment and we and I forget that the end in mind should be the peace of Christ. Yep. The word that I want to highlight that you used is rhythm. Mm. Because if our rhythm is that we run at 200 miles per hour and then we try to stop for like three hours and then we get right back to it, or in a more realistic way, we're constantly sprinting and then we get so exhausted and burnt out and then we're like, I just need a vacation. The vacation feels great and then we're back to reality and then we have the post-vacation blues and it's like, man, well, my life kind of sucks again. Like mm-hmm. if, if that's the rhythm, that's unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, why not create life to the full, not in the vacation, but in the lifestyle so that we can create a rhythm in our life that's sustainable and enjoyable. That's what I think Jesus is talking about. It sounds otherworldly. It almost sounds like, you know, those picturesque glossy videos from the fifties where it's like, <laughs> this is the perfect American life. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, it almost sounds like that's what you're telling me. Jesus is not the yeah. perfect American life, but he's offering this like peaceful existence. And I'm like, yeah, but let's be real. Yeah. I mean, come on. Can you really have that? Yeah. My cynical side is coming yeah. out and I, it, man, it just, it sounds crazy that that could be a thing. You know, Tacho, you are a, you're a wise old owl. Oh my God. Mm. You, you, are you, an owl. you put this scripture in front of us knowing it would invoke longing. <laughs> and then throughout the remainder of this series, you're like, come along. I'll teach you how to do it. Yeah. Um, here are the practical steps and practices that you can introduce into your life to fulfill what Jesus is talking about in this scripture. I'm getting it. I'm getting it now. (laughs) Um, That that this scripture really is the end that we need to have in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, That we are, we are, we are tired. We are worn out. And through the process of these spiritual disciplines, we will get the unhurried life that Jesus is offering. Um, I feel like you're you're a novelist and you've left us on chapter one with like this huge cliffhanger <laughs> and you know where we're going. And I'm so excited to keep going down this road. Me too. Well, that's very complimentary. And I want to be clear. It's it's obviously Jesus's invitation. Sure, and it's, sure. It's his, <laughs> his ways and his methods. But you're exactly right. It's, it's not only the end goal that Jesus promises, but it's also the means, right? It's you will have real rest, but the way you achieve that or the way that you experience that, achieve isn't the right word, the way that you experience that is through life with Jesus and embracing the lifestyle of Jesus. Now, full disclosure, some of these disciplines, I don't think I mentioned this in the first podcast, I've practiced and done an okay job at and have absolutely loved it. There are a lot of these other disciplines that I've studied, maybe tried for a day, maybe a week, whatever, and I just... 
I needed some help being more consistent. And so I'm really looking forward to personally in this series going on this journey together because I I don't sit here and go, yep, I've got it all figured out and I've, I'm experiencing exactly what Jesus is promising. And and that's very humbling to me that, I, that I've read some of these books, that I understand these concepts exactly in that manner, conceptually and logically, but I'm just so excited to experience what Jesus is offering by experiencing life to the full. Mm. That's what I'm personally most looking forward to, not just talking about these concepts in theory, but really embracing rhythms and lifestyles Amen. that provide means to the end goal. Mm. The unforced rhythms of grace. Allow us. I'm grateful for God's grace because I have not nailed this at all. So I'm so glad that it's a process and not a product, um, and, and that He's not going to put anything heavy or ill-fitting on me. And if I'm feeling that, I need to be honest with myself and go, "That's something I'm putting on myself," mm. or some, or a narrative I'm allowing someone else to put on me. The world just not from God. Mm-hmm. God's burden is light. Um, I'm excited to 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 dive into this and, and to go on a journey with our listeners because. I just want our listeners to know, like, I'm not, I'm not approaching this as some guru. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a spiritual guru. I'm here to learn. I'm sitting sit at your feet. I'm just so grateful for our friendship to learn and hit here and sit at Hannah's feet and learn from both of you about what does it mean to have a sacred rhythm of life? What does it mean to really allow Jesus to build my rhythms out? And always keeping that in mind, it really just pulls me back into the community. It pulls me back into friendships. I'm able to give so much more. I'm able to be such a more healthy, happy person. I feel like I'm looking forward to being the difference between like in those infomercials, the black and white part where the guy's like in so much pain, you know, because he's doing <laughs> yes. the wrong thing. I'm looking he's forward. Exactly. And- <laughs> I'm looking forward to looking when the, the, the color comes in and he's using the product he's supposed to. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I'm going for. I'm yeah. going from the, the, the kind of, they're always fantastic. dummies. It's like, why'd you do that? You know what I mean? Fantastic but visual. There you go. That's my goal for this season. That's my goal is to really keep the end in mind with all of this mm-hmm. and, and, and to go on this journey. Absolutely. Yeah. Even thinking about um, this kind of this passage, I feel like always kind of dangling before us like a cupcake and we're running on the treadmill, like trying to get the Mm -hmm. cupcake, thinking about this scripture being our end goal, I think will keep my motivation in check as Mm. I'm practicing solitude and feeling like it's going nowhere or fasting and all I can think about is food. And I'm like, this Mm -hmm. isn't working, you know? As I'm doing yeah. the practices and and not really feeling like the outcome is the is the light yoke and the mm-hmm. easy burden, but having this scripture kind of as the cupcake and I'm on the treadmill um, will keep me going, knowing that this is what I'm aiming for. This is this is the end in mind. Yeah. Yes, and that is exactly the point of this episode. As I mentioned earlier, I hope if there's anything that we're walking away with today is that Jesus offers not only the outcome, but the means in which we experience Mm. that Mm -hmm, outcome. mm -hmm. Man, true joy, true peace, true fulfillment is incredible. But in order to really experience that, as we talked about, we have to embrace the lifestyle of Jesus. Amen. I think this is an awesome place for us to end today's discussion. Um, Just to kind of summarize... you know, he does not give as the world gives, like mm-hmm. he says in John. You know, he he comes to bring peace. And that is the goal of this season. You know, we're not going to be like the world where we're going to search for fulfillment in other places. We're going to search for true fulfillment 
in Jesus. Yep. Looking forward to the next eight episodes as we discuss about how to get there, all the ways that we can do that, because there are many ways, like you said. Yep, absolutely. And speaking of that, you asked a question earlier, how do I practically go for this? And I know you're going to get into the practicals as we close out our episode for today, but I will say our our next episode is going to be the sermon for our, for our lesson next week. And I just want to encourage us to follow along and listen into that sermon. If you're in San Antonio, then obviously engage and come to that. If you're not, please go back and listen to it because we're going to be talking about the first discipline that really provides the platform for every other discipline. Um, so I want to encourage us. I won't spoil it now, but that's going to be a, a really important. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a really important one. Okay. Since my wife asked, I'll share, yeah. but we're going to be Teaser talking about, about solitude and the importance well, and that, you know, that word's kind of like, what does that even mean? Is that isolation? Is that loneliness? And no, and not at all. Actually, the, the intention of solitude is to pull away with the intention of connecting with God. And so without without practicing solitude, it's really difficult to practice any of the disciplines. So, mm. of course, we're going to start there, as I mentioned earlier, to create a platform for the rest of the disciplines that we'll be talking about over the next 10 weeks. Can't wait for that episode. And until then, you've been listening to the Wrestling With Faith podcast. We will see you guys next time. We'll see you guys. Yeah. As we close out today's episode, I'd like to end off with a thought. Jesus was known for asking the question, what do you want? Take some time in the journal that we talked about getting to write your thoughts and answer the following questions. Number one, what do you want from this series? Number two, what do you want in your relationship with God? And number three, how will this motivate you to persevere in your spiritual formation? So as we go through this journey, I invite you to refer back to this response regularly. When you begin losing motivation, just stick in there because Jesus will make good on his promises of rest, joy, peace, and fulfillment. So continue down the reading plan and share what you're learning with your friends. This is a journey that Jesus will go on with you. I invite you to get connected with our group. If you're listening in, you can email us or check out our website. And we would love to get you connected with our community as we go on this journey of deeper faith together. Let's end off with a prayer. Lord, thank you for the peace that you offer. Thank you for the real rest that you talk about in your scriptures. Thank you for the journey of discipleship. I'm so grateful that you've given us so many avenues to get to know you, God. And I just pray that I begin this journey with the end in mind, knowing that the ultimate goal is to feel the peace that you promised. Lord, I I pray that I hold that dear and I hold that close. And I remember that you will make good on your promises. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And Spirit, thank you for your presence in this journey. In Jesus' holy, beautiful name, amen.
Wrestling with Faith is a nonprofit podcast brought to you by the Mission Point YoPro Ministry. We'll see you next time.